Welcome to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Jay Thomas. With me, like always, Rick Van Dyke, who's in the studio with me. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. And we got Jill, who's on the road, but she's joining us by the phone right now. Hi, Jill. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. We got a visit from Smokey the Bear, it seems like, this morning. Wow. I mean, if you're, uh, if you're around the province right now and you're enjoying a day where there's not a lot of smoke, count yourself as a lucky one. Where we are looking out from, I don't know where you are, Jill, but where we are looking out from, it is like, yeah, you can see across the river and not much further than that. Yeah, it's quite amazing. Yeah, it's pretty smoky. How about you? Where, where is, what's it like for where you are, Jill? Um, we're just dipping into the dip down by Black Shop here, and it's quite smoky. Um, a very, very thick haze, I would say. So, yeah, not looking good here. I don't think it's a day to be out going for a hike or um, doing something completely outdoors. I think it's a little bit too smoky for that today. Yeah, definitely. That's that's definitely one of the things that, that uh, Environment Canada warns about is, you know, their special air quality statement is watching out that you're not uh, spending too much time outside if you can avoid it. Yeah, so Jill's on her way for another green show. Another green show. <laughs> Watching the yes. Rough Riders. <laughs> heading down to the Rough Riders game. Oh, right on. on. That's the great. road, heading south. So. Awesome. That's yes. going to be phenomenal. Um, hey, if you're, you know, that's. That's a sold out show. Is it really? Yeah. So I think over 33,000 people are going to be at that. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. I hope, hopefully, the, the smoke doesn't put a damper on it. I mean, I've, you know. I uh, don't want to see it canceled or something because of that, but, uh, of course, we've got to be safe. So if you're out there right now, just make sure you're you're watching for how much time you're spending outside and, and that sort of thing. one 332 8255 You can give us a call. You can give us a text. We've already got some texts that have rolled in, but if you can believe it or not, Early Bird gets the worm. And uh, right now we're going to go to our phone lines with a call that's already come in from Regina, and Ken is going to join us this morning. Hi there, Ken. Hi. Good morning. Yeah, I got a uh, mucle pine, and it's got white spots on the needles. Yes. And I was told that it's pine needle scale. That's correct. Uh, what's the best control of it? The best control of it is you could basically once it gets to the crawling stage, you can you can hit it with just about anything. You know, soap and water, uh, pyrethrin, malathion, whatever you have. Okay, we'll, we'll get it. Ambush. But, but ambush is a pyrethrin uh, that will work perfect. But you got to wait if they're if the flecks are really hard. Like a like a like a dried paint fleck, yeah. you're not you're not going to be able to do anything. So it's going to be possibly next year you're going to get at them, okay? Because they're gone dormant. Okay. So when they're if you can take your fingernail and, and you can you can move them, you know, and they're soft, then you can still get them, okay? Or if okay. they get to a fuzzy stage, what I call a fuzzy, they're almost like little fuzz balls. Then they're easy to kill. They're 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 not not a problem to take care of. Do but, the uh, do the needles come back or? Do yeah. They, uh, well, yeah, the, if, if, the, if the needles will, will still have those white flecks on them, but, I mean, what you want to stop them doing is from turning the, the needles almost a gray color from sucking on them so much, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but uh, the pines will put out new needles again, um, uh, you know, on the, on the ends and fill in. Uh, but you want to keep that under contract. I check uh, a little bit of, uh, of, of scale is not bad, but if you've got a lot of it, and it's mostly, if you notice, it's the bottom half of the tree, almost yeah. bottom, even yeah. the third of the tree a lot of times where it is affecting it right yeah and so you just need to con- get them under control and uh but just like i said you can go out there they with this warm weather they might be still in the crawling stage uh but otherwise they go really hard and then you can't get them should i spray them uh in, can you use insecticidal soap yep absolutely if they're in a crawling the spray better in a, in a crawling stage, you can even use a thing called Endol, because Endol is a canola oil. Uh, Insectile soap and has just a touch of pyrethrin in it. That works great, too. So you should uh, could spray it now and then 
I would suggest spraying it now because there might be some that with this warm weather we're having that's still active. Yeah. And then you get some under control and then, then hit them again as soon as you see them uh, next, you know, starting to get to that stage next, uh, probably in June, probably June, you know, beginning of June. Okay, sounds good. Thank okay. you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks, Ken. Take care. Okay, thank you. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Okay, let's go to our text line because we're waiting for a call to come in here. Uh, this is our first text of the morning. Good morning, Rick. I've got a couple of Siberian crabapple trees that are approximately three feet tall in pots. Yep. Where would I like to plant them? Uh, this it's very sandy soil here. When would be the best time to move them from the pots? Anything special I should do with transplanting, or just dig a hole and get them in? Get a, dig a hole and get them in. Uh, you know, amend the soil a bit. You know, if you can, just to put some compost in there to give them a good yeah, start. Yeah, if, if it's can, really sandy. If it's really sandy, you know, um, uh, dig a big, big hole and you know, like a large hole, and then just um, and then put some good soil and compost, get them started. And then, then after that, the roots will grow out into the sand. They'll be fine. But, you know, if you have good some soil like that and with a good drainage underneath it, the plants will do fine. You just have to watch in the years where we have drought that you're keeping the moisture to them because in the sand, obviously, um, you know, the moisture won't stay there. So you have to uh, you have to keep them supplemented with moisture. You know, right through the whole life. Right. And with these trees in the pots right now, they're not going to survive the winter if they stay in the pot above ground. You're going to have to put them in the ground yes. in a pot, but in a shady spot because otherwise uh, you could get a sun skull on 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 the uh, on the bark uh, with the, with those plants if you, if they're just in a pot above the ground. Um, and even then, I would I would still for the first maybe three or four years until that bark hardens up because it's still that he said is only like two or three feet tall, right? Yeah, but three feet tall. And yeah. then uh, the bark is just tender right now. So if you get a, a really harsh winter, and then you can get some sun scalding on the bark. So just put a a white it's a, it's, a, it's a white tree wrap. It basically reflects the sun mm-hmm. away from the bark. And don't forget that uh, this is Trevor. He says he's from from Drake. But uh, don't forget too that uh, all those trees, those crab apple trees, are the the rabbits and the well, deer's yeah. favorite dessert. Yeah, so you may have to put a little fence, little snow fence, or something around them, you know, just to keep them off. Of exactly. Yep. Okay. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We're gonna take a call and go out to Battleford this morning. Hi there, Kathy. Good morning. I love your show. Thanks. Thank you so much. I've been having trouble um, with my corn again. This last year, I had the corn bore, and I took the um, advice that Rick had said: destroy all the stalks and everything. This year, I don't have as much trouble, which is great. But now I have an infestation of a look like stink bugs. They suck the juices out of the corn on the bottom, and they're in clusters, and they've just made a horrible mess. And also now they're conglomerating on my tomato plants. What should I do from going forward with this? Yeah, with with those ones, you can dislodge them just with water if you want. And they keep moving them around. Or otherwise, you just use just a a soap and water or an insecticidal soap. They'll work good on on those without affecting the the fruit that you want to get off the tomatoes and that, right? Okay. And now the bugs that I've been using insecticidal soap, and they just kind of fall down on the ground. What do we do then? Um, Do I take those stalks out and then burn them again, right? Yeah, if you have if you have the bore, especially like the other bugs, you can basically you can you can take care of them just with your you spraying with soap and water. Right? Okay. And then you can take okay. care of them that way. And uh, But if you have the boar again, those ones you should get out of the garden, yes. Yeah, there's about 10 cobs out of four nice long rows. It's certainly a lot less, which I thank yeah. you so much for. Yeah. But now these, what are these, all these 
thing all these come like the stink bugs come from? Oh, those come they come in swarms from and and different different reasons, different areas. Uh, you know, you'll have them like um, you know, like even we had a little uh, neighborhood party last night, and uh, and one of some of the neighbors had n- no fish flies in the yard, and my house was just and just totally covered with the fish oh. flies. So, and it was only like a matter of a, not even a kilometer away, you know. So and so it's um, uh, you know it, it all depends. You have different areas, uh, but otherwise, just like I said, with that one there, uh, this this and just the soap and water and insecticidal soap, uh, or even use the Andal, which was, has a little bit of pyrethrin in it again that okay. will that will get them no problem those ones but, but if it's I don't, the, uh, boar, i'm more concerned about the boar than i am the bugs okay and if i don't get all the bugs this year will they come back next year you, you may have a second year of infestation and uh but then keep scouting and get on top of them right away okay okay yep. and the, i have a lot of sunflowers because uh, chickadees just love them for winter yep. should i take them all out because is it true that they do attract these bugs uh they could i mean sunflowers okay. attract a lot of different bugs so you can i mean just make sure that right now most of your 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 petals are done on your sunflowers anyways yeah so yeah. i mean you could cut them and, and hang them and get them ready for you know for for the birds to enjoy later on anyways Okay, there hasn't been corn planted here for many years or anything, and it's just, isn't it odd yep. <laughs> how everything comes? Thank you so much, You're Rick and okay. Jay. You bet. You're welcome. Okay. Take yeah, care. Have a great day. You Bye-bye. too. one 877 Great call from Kathy there. That's awesome. Okay, we're in a quick, quick break right now. We are going to get back to our text line in a moment and check that out. We've also got Marty, who's in Prince Albert. Marty, hang on. We're going to get to your call as soon as we get back. We're talking about putting a hedge in a front yard. Thanks for joining us here in Garden Talk. I'm Jay with Rick, and Jill is on the phone with us. She's joining us from the road, headed down south towards Regina to go to the Ryder game today. So uh, if you are in the province right now, you're probably looking outside going, Ugh, it's pretty gross. Uh, it's very smoky. There's a little chunk of the province down south, kind of Maple Creek Console, East End, Shaunavon, Valmarie, over to Assiniboia, and a little bit further east from that, Cornac. That's little sliver of the province that's not under a um, smoke advisory exactly that's that's the only one <laughs> yeah. that's the only area basically every everywhere else top to bottom well, down, uh, east to west we are under a smoke advisory down there enjoy your day exactly yeah <laughs> if it's nice down there enjoy that because Go down to cypress hills yeah so down to cypress hills this weekend Perfect for camping and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, down there. Mm-hmm, yeah. Exactly. So thanks for everybody who's been waiting on the phone lines for us. We'll get to Nadine's call here shortly, but waiting the longest in Prince Albert is Marty. Uh, hi there, Marty. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Pretty good. 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 Um, so I have like just your common hedge in the front yard. And for the last few years, it has like orange spots on the, I guess, on the branches. Yep. And, you know, some of the branches are just completely dead. It's still pretty healthy hedge. Like, I'd say it's 80% healthy. I just want to see what you think a guy can do with that. Okay, so it, it, if it's a common hedge, it's probably contoniaster, okay? It's really okay. Shi- shiny green leaves and then turns orange in the fall? Yeah. Black, little blackberries? Little, little ba- yeah. blackberries? Okay, contoniaster. Yeah. So one thing you have to okay. watch with contoniaster is, is, is mainly for fire blight. And fire blight, okay. you'll see these like if it's just orange spots on on the on the ste- dead stems. Sometimes that's just a fungal to break down the stems. Okay, but if you okay. see where the bark is actually peeling and it looks like a like it took a torch to it, it's a, like a really rusty brown color. And if you see okay. some of the leaves 
turning that color as well in the middle of summertime, then you call, call a thing called fire blight, okay? And if you have okay. fire blight, you want to trim that out and you want to disinfect your pruner's lots in, while you're pruning. Okay. And then you have to get it out of your yard. Okay. Because if you leave it in the yard, uh, in a compost, something like that, you're just going to keep spreading it. Okay. And, uh, and so, and then when the leaves fall off in the, in the fall, make sure that you try to clean up. Cause you know, down in the Cantoniaster hedge, there's a lot of leaves and debris in there, right? So try yeah. to get in there and try to clean up as much as that if you can to get it out of the yard and into the garbage can as well. Okay. Okay. And and then you you can keep on top of it. I mean, one thing about Cantoni Aster, they come from the bottom. They grow from the bottom up again fairly quickly because the root system is still good. If you just keep yeah. keep that part where um, and where you need to watch is basically about 14 days after they finish blooming. Okay, in okay. basically in beginning in May June type of thing when they bloom. Okay, when you see all the bees yeah. around them, because that yeah, yeah. The, the bees the the bees actually spread this disease around quite a bit. So if you see the the leaves starting to flag, just start to wilt a little bit, then you have the start of fire blight, and then you want to prune those branches out before they start infecting the rest of the plant. Okay. okay. And then what, what do you what do you figure about fertilizing like a big hedge like that? Like it's long, it's fifty feet long. Like what do you recommend? Yeah, just put it. What I suggest to do is just throw a slow release fertilizer down in the spring in May. And then you can get a slow-release fertilizer. You can buy it in a bigger bag, you know, a 40-pound bag type of thing, and you can put some along there. Every time you water the plant for the whole season, it keeps it fertilized, and then you can, then it keeps the plant healthier and keeps it growing, too, to help, especially if you want to start filling in those spots uh, where that you've cut out. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, guys. You're All right, thanks, Marty. Take yeah. care. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. I think uh, Jill's going to have a good uh, question here from Nadine. We're going to go to Macklin right now and talk to Nadine. Hi there. Good morning, Nadine. Good morning. Good morning. I just love your show. Anyways, I want to know why didn't my canna lilies bloom? Did I have too many? I've got about four bulbs in a pot. Is that too many? Yeah, they could be that there's not enough root space in there, so that it's not pulling up enough nutrients. So if there's if it's too root bound in that pot, you might not get as many blooms that this year. Um, so that's probably the biggest, the biggest reason I would split them and I'd probably just put, how big are your pots? Oh, just your average size, the kind you get from the greenhouse, you know? It's probably like a 10 to, to 12 inch pot. Yeah, yeah. I would probably put one to two max in that size of pot. Oh, for goodness sakes. I didn't yeah, realize so that. You, you have, you have a lot of cannons in that pot. So I would split them next year, only put one per pot and you're going to find that you're going to get a lot more blooms. Also, fertilizing them regularly. So make sure you put, like, just a regular all-purpose fertilizer, like a 20-20-20. Yes. Or you can even use, like, a 15-30-15. If you up that middle number, it's going to force them to rebloom for you. Okay. Uh, what you're also finding in the yard, too, is deadheading them is going to help them to rebloom as well for you, too. So make sure throughout the season, once you do get them blooming, deadhead them, and you're going to get another flush of flowers, too. Okay, okay. And uh, these plants, they like the shade better than the bright sun, right? No, they love the hot sun. If you're talking about a canna lily, if you're talking about a calla lily, that's a different story. A calla lily likes the, like us like some more shade. Are you talking about a calla or a canna? Oh, is, which is, is the little one? <laughs> which is the one with a, with does, a smaller does the flower? Does look like a cup or does the leaf look like, more like a banana? Yeah. And does the, the leaf oh. look, like, like, look like a banana? The, the, Not really. It's uh, it's no. a really shape, but it's okay. Uh, so then you might have a, a a calla, and in that case, it likes a little bit of a shadier area. You can put a little bit more in a pot in that case, 
Um, it might not be blooming. Um, it might be just kept a little bit too moist. So make sure you check your water as well. So make sure you allow, allow to dry out a little bit between watering. And then again, the fertilizer you want to be using on that on that Cala is a fifteen thirty fifteen fertilizer about every two weeks. Okay. Well, I'll try okay. next year because these bulbs you save over winter, right? That's correct. They they'll save over winter indoors. So you got to bring them indoors. Oh, I know that. I know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, For we'll sure. try next year and see what happens. Good luck, Nadine. Thanks right, a lot. Thank care. you ever so much. Bye bye now. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We are zooming up to our uh, our news update here. We've got about two minutes, so we're going to squeeze in David's call and try to get him on on the line here. Hi there, David. How are you? Hi, you guys. Uh, I'm great, and I appreciate this uh, show every every single week. Oh. Listen, I've, I've got a friend who has a maple tree, and it is overrun by maple bugs. Now, last year it was bad. This year, much worse. He's used hundreds of gallons of, of detergent uh, and, and vacuum cleaners to try to get rid of these. There's another maple tree across the street, which is probably the other gender, and they're uh, and I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, my, my, my bottom line question, which is one I'm sure thousands ask you, is what can be done? How can you get rid of these maple bugs? It's it's pretty tough. I mean, the maple bugs are kind of harmless. So they just uh, they just give you the eebie-jeebies and they get when they get into the house, you know. But uh, they're they're fairly harmless. But that's all you can really do is basically put a what I do is I put a, a pyrethrin spray. Or there's a whole bunch of them out there that have pyrethrum, and you put them on the foundation of your house because once the nights start getting cooler, like five degrees, they're going to accumulate against the foundation of your house. Okay, so if you put that spray along the base of your house, it'll basically kill them uh, that way. Otherwise, you can just they're they're soft bodied. So if you blast them with a hard blast of water, sometimes you'll kill them just with a hard blast of water. Okay, if they're up against your foundation. Or use, like I said, what you're doing is use soap and water. Uh, you can get them that way, too. So they're fairly easy to kill. Uh, but, yeah, they are a nuisance. I know in my house they were, they just, they went underneath my siding, and then I had an inundation of, uh, like, of house flies because they were living in all those carcasses underneath my siding of my house. I Oof. found that out because I pulled some siding off, and I go, whoa, there's a lot of these maple, dead maple bugs underneath here. But, uh but other than that, uh, they're they're fairly harmless. And uh, other than that, just uh, just just the only way you can control them is by doing like what he's doing. Is just keep keep at it with the soap and water, and especially if they're against the foundation, use a pyrethrin spray. There's lots of Doctor Dooms or Spider Ban or a whole bunch of ones that you can spray on the foundation. David, hang on the line for us just one second. We got to go to our news break right now, and we're going to be back with more texts, more calls as well. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on nine eighty CJME and six fifty CKOM. Jill, we wanted to talk about uh, something to open this part of the show up with. Uh, it's almost time for like tulip bulbs, enough to us to talk about that, isn't it? Yeah, tulip bulbs are started to arrive this week, so um, it's now it's time to pick up your tulip bulbs. Start planning where you're going to put them in your garden. It's a little bit too early to plant them. We usually want to wait until the weather gets a little bit cooler, nighttime temperatures, because you don't want them to start actively growing in the fall. You want them to stay dormant. Um, but you want to plant them early enough so you can get them rooted in a little bit, put that bone meal in. Um, but tulip bulbs, you want to plant them in the fall. So many times people come into the garden center in the spring, and they're like, oh, I'm looking for some tulips. And um, we say, oh, you're going to have to wait till September. Yeah. So, um, make sure that you pick up your tulip bulbs. It, they're the, the best flower to have early spring and also part of our heritage at Dutch Firs. So we love having tulip bulbs. Um, there's such a, a wide variety of them, too. So when you're picking your tulip bulbs, you can pick an early blooming, a mid blooming, or a late blooming. And 
And I really love that we're getting some great exotic and collector's edition tulips now, too. So you can find some that are, that are double-flowered, that have a frilled um, edge on them, that almost have like a parrot um, pointy um, petal to them. So there's just so many different collector items that you can put in your garden when it comes to tulips. Yeah, so on, top of that, you got, on top of that, you got daffodils, crocuses. If you like garlic... The best time to plant garlic is in the fall, actually. People don't know that. It's actually best one of the best times to plant garlic so that you get it earlier next season as well. So uh, so there's all those type of bulbs that you can put in in the fall. All right, let's go to our text line, one 332 8255 This is from Larry, who's an Osler. says, good morning, guys. Is it too late to transplant runners with sass strawberries? And can I put them in pots and prepare them for an early spring start indoors? Yep, you can put them in. You can put them in pots and bring them inside. Where you, keep, I'd suggest leave them out a little bit longer. Let them get some cool evenings, so mm-hmm. so sort of go dormant a bit, and then uh, prepare them. And then, but you can bring them in. Uh, planting the runners, you can do that, but then you need to mulch them pretty heavy for the for this fall. Okay, that'd be the big one. Is uh, just mulching them heavy so that they don't don't they don't have a big root system set up yet. And so you'll be fine if you just mulch them. Okay, all right, there we go. one 332 8255 Let's go to Elrose right now. Uh, we're going to take a call from Mark. Hi there, Mark. How are you? Good morning, guys. I'm fine. How are you? Pretty good. good. What's That's your question good. for us? Well, my question is um, trying to save the carrots and beets. We've got a fridge. Put them in there. Put them in bags. Put a paper towel in to take the moisture out. But they're still going soft after a while. wondering what we're doing wrong. Yeah, one thing you want to do is if you want to if you want to store them for a long time, is the best thing to do is not to not to wash them really clean, okay? And yeah, we haven't washed them. Yeah, so that that's the big thing. If you wash them really clean, then they usually won't last quite as long. So uh, and also, if you want if you wanted the old style way of doing it, and it seems I still think it works the best, is you put them in a pail of sand and layer them in pails of sand, and then pull them out of the sand as you need them. And okay. that seems to work. I still hear people saying that that works the best for them. And if you have a cool, cool place where you can put them in sand, uh, that's the way they'll stay the freshest. And right. uh, and then they just pull them out all winter, just dig them out of the sand, and and they just enjoy them all winter long. Uh, but you can't put them in the in the in the in the fridge. Uh, like I said, they just won't last quite as long in the fridge as they would if you put them in a cold storage room or something like that. But uh, uh, but you also. Um, one thing you want to do is you want to make sure your plastic bags have a little bit of perforation in the bags as well, okay? So they yeah. don't get a humid because they'll, they'll create humidity. And uh, then if you have perforations, at least that humidity has a way of getting out. So you leave them in the perforated yep. bag for the whole time you're keeping them, do you? And then what's important, too, even with carrots, do not have things like apples and those kind of things in the fridge with them, okay? Because the, okay. eth- the ethylene gas will still affect the, even the carrots. All right. Same same thing for beets. Same thing with beets. Exactly. The same. All right. Okay. Well, thank you very All much. Right. Good luck with that, Mark. Take care. Yep. Bye. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Okay. Let's go to our next text here. Where are we going with this? This is from Neil, who's in Winnipeg. He says, "Good morning, Garden Talk. Happy long weekend and go Riders." This is our uh, Sask expat who lives in uh, in uh, Winnipeg in right Winnipeg. now. My question is, what are my steps for lawn care over this fall? Should I put down horse manure? Just trying to get started. Go riders. Yeah, as long as it's well composted, horse manure you can actually put a little thin layer. But because horse manure can be too, too hot if you if you put it on when it's not aged well. Okay, so mm. but yeah, you can top dress with a bit of horse manure. That wouldn't be a bad thing at all. 
Okay. Uh, that's, we have another text that's kind of come in uh, a little bit later from David. When's the best time to fall fertilize and how long should the grass be cut for winter? So why don't we take just a couple of seconds here to go over what we should be doing right now for yeah. our lawn. So fall fertilizing right now. Absolutely. Get going at it. And, um, and uh, using a fall fertilizer is not a high. You don't want to use a really high nitrogen. It's like you don't need to use a 30 or 34 nitrogen. Nitrogen on. is which number? The nitrogen's the first number. The first number. Okay. Yeah. So um, some of them have phosphorus in them. If that's the second number, and some don't have phosphorus in them, okay? So either one. I mean, if I have a weak lawn, I'm going to put a little bit of phosphorus in. If i got a good lawn, I don't need to put more phosphorus in. And the, but, but potassium, the, the third number is important. Mm-hmm. And also, depending where you are in Saskatchewan, the uh, fourth number is sulfur. And if you're in the central part of Saskatchewan, uh, where your pH or your soil is more alkaline, then using a, a sulfur-based um, a fertilizer is actually, you'll have way better results mm-hmm. and get your plant ready. If you're in areas where your soil is basic at about 7 pH, then the sulfur is not as important. So um, so that's why you just got to a little bit know your soil conditions. And also for keeping your length, uh, right now you can just treat them like like you would during the summertime right now. Yeah, we're, we're still in summer. We're still, we're still, I mean, we still have 27 degrees, even though we wouldn't know it, you know, with the, with the can't see the sun. But, um, but you know, you can keep your lawn a little bit longer right now. But once you start getting uh, closer to when the temperature starts dropping at night, when the growth starts quitting, mm-hmm. then you can start bringing it down to like an inch and three quarters type of thing. I don't like scalping it down to really short, even for the wintertime, because even the, you know, still the sun will... If we don't get any snow right away, the sun will still bake the roots. Okay, so you don't want to you don't want to go that long, but if you make it too long, then what it lodges. Okay, it lays down flat, and then you get lots of snow mold in the spring. So right. it's got to be about that inch and three quarters. I think like I was talking before. If I if I've got five height settings on my lawnmower yep. in the summer, I run at if one is the lowest and five is the highest, I run at four. To keep it nice and kind of, it's it, then it, then it's really nice and thick. Yeah, you know, it's trimmed, but it's nice and thick in the summer. And I go down to a two for my last for, cut. For the last cut. The last cut is a two. Yep. Uh, and I, I run that basically number four all the way until we're doing the last cut. You know, when you when it's finally time and this is the last cut, we know this is the last that's, cut. That's the only time that's, you do that. That's the only time I take it down. You know, because um, you'll actually have less bugs, less weeds. Yeah. And you won't have to water as much. Yep, it's exactly. Right? Like I, so, I only have to water every couple of days, 10 minutes yep. here, 15 minutes there maybe, you yep. know, that sort of thing. And it stays really green. But you have to get it there. It's, it's yep. kind of the work to get it there once it's thick, you know, and, and then stay on top of the weeds. Just yeah. before you blow your sprinklers out, give, give your lawn one last good watering. Yeah, okay. exactly. Exactly. There you go. one 877 Let's see. This is from Not Sure Who, but says, can we propagate poplar trees by just cutting off a branch and planting it? Yep. If so, What's the best time of year to do so? What's the best time of year to transplant yep. self-seeded spruce trees? So we'll kind of second question there. Okay, so tra- poplar. The self-seeding, the self-seeding spruce trees, you can transplant them right now if you want. They have dormant right now. Okay. Uh, you can do it now or otherwise because uh, they'll still have time to root. Or you can do it first thing in the spring. How about a larch? A larch, same thing. Okay. Larch is, well, larch is not, they're, they're not quite dormant yet. You'll start seeing them turn golden color. The larch, then you can transplant them. But otherwise, I you can do. I like doing the larch in the spring. That's the best or as soon as the cross out of the ground. And the other question was poplars taking cuttings. You want to take the cuttings uh, basically in March, okay? Mm, okay. About about six inches long, about the pencil size thickness, okay? 
approximately, and then yeah, and then um, uh, store them in a fridge or whatever. And then once the ground thaws out in the spring, then you can start planting them in the ground. Okay. Let's take a quick break. Good time to join the conversation. one 332 8255 You can call us, you can text us with that, and we'll get you on the air. Hour number two coming up right away here. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. Welcome back to Garden Talk. If you are in a smoke-free place right now, really enjoy that. Uh, It is very intensely smoky right now. And unfortunately, the forecast on the smoke forecast, forecast smokeforecast.ca, is not going to look great for the next couple of days. It looks like next... Tomorrow's going to be even worse. Possibly I don't know how, worse. I don't know Possibly worse than today, but mm-hmm. it looks that's, like it might be worse tomorrow. That's the prediction. We never know what's going to happen. Maybe yeah. the winds will change. It'll push it back up north, something like that. But, uh, yeah, stay uh, stay safe, of course. Uh, we're going to go over our text line in a moment. But first, going to go to Rolo, Saskatchewan, and talk to Glennis. Hi there. Glennis, how are you? Hi. I'm fine, thanks. Thanks for taking my call. No problem. I wanted to ask you about my raspberries. A few years ago, I purchased raspberries from the university, on Saskatoon, and they were something quite new that you could just mow off uh, every fall. Yep. And, and and that works. I mean, they do. Uh, we do just mow them off every fall, but they have so many seeds that it, they're hard to eat. Yeah, it's it's just it's called a primal cane, so it's probably Red River or Double Delight, or it might be a new variety they have. Uh, but yeah, the, and this, the the berries are smaller, and they 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 come. They come ripe in in August and September, right? That's when they're yeah, that's when yeah. they come ready, and so. Yeah. But they are they do have quite a bit of seeds. That's just the variety that that it is. Okay. And, and so there's not much you can do than that, other than making sure you're keeping your your plants healthy during the summer, like especially during yeah. drought times. If you keep yeah. them healthy, then they tend to make less seed. If you keep them nice and healthy, to a point, to a point, okay. Because okay, yeah. when they're under stress, they want to produce more seed, but it means that they oh, want okay. to produce more fruit too, right? But uh, yeah, oh but, yeah, but, they produce you know, a lot. And so, uh, and so that, but that's just the the variety, the nature of the plant. That's what it okay. is. Okay. All right. Well, they seem to do better. Like they they do produce sort of all year long. Yep. But um, in the summertime, they're as hard as rock. Yeah, they're hard. And you <laughs> think, well, that thing is never going to develop into anything. <laughs> yeah. And then it, they do produce, and they're nice berries, but they're, they just have seedy. Should I just get rid of them and start with a new variety, or if, what? Yeah, if you if you don't like that seediness, you just you're better off just to start with a new variety, and you can get a summer like the University of Saskatchewan put out a couple of really good ones. One's called Red Mammoth, and the other one's called Red Bounty. Okay. Bounty. Red Mammoth and Red Bounty. If you can find those two raspberries, they're, if you t- think of the old Boyan raspberry, these ones yeah. are improvements and a bigger raspberry and more raspberries. So they're just way better. And But it's Red Mammoth and Red Bounty is the two that you want to try to find. Okay, great. Thank okay. you. I just I hated to get rid of them, but I think... Um, you know, they're hard to eat. Yeah, so, yeah. unless you're going to just use it for, for jam or jelly or, you well, know, the juice, then it, it is hard yeah, to eat, only, right? Only, uh, the only advantage of them, people like them, is because they can mow them down. Other yeah. than the berries themselves, no, there's better berries out there. Okay. okay. All right, that's what I'll do. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, okay. Lennis. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. 1-877-332-8255. Let's go to our text line right now. Okay, let's see. Hmm. Where are we going next? Greg in Regina, another Go Riders Go. Good morning, everybody. How often should we cut and water our lawn now until winter? So we talked about yep. this a little bit more just, earlier. Just keep doing as you did for the summertime, and then once we start, you know, once the once the te- nighttime temperature started getting down, you know, closer to, to zero, then you s- slow down the watering. Even now, you want, though I like slowing down the water in September, though, even on my lawn, Jay. The reason 
why is not just for the lawn, but all your tree roots are growing into the lawn as well. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So unless you're in a drought area, you haven't been watering, you're just watering your grass, not watering your trees, then you're okay. Okay. But if you've been watering your trees and everything else as, as well, especially if you've got maples in your yard, uh, you want to, or, or birch is another one, uh, you want to slow down the watering so those ones will, because uh, birch have the root system right near the surface of the soil. Uh, you want to slow down so those ones turn color. That's important. I want them to turn color. Yes, no doubt, no okay. doubt. Uh, I had, uh, I know I had a tree. Several of my my birch trees didn't really turn. They stayed kind of green right into the into yeah. the winter last year. Jill, that happened to you too, didn't it? I think Jill's with us still. Maybe Jill disappeared. Oh, she yes, is there. Yes, I'm here. Sorry, That's it okay. did happen to me for sure. Yeah, the, the leaves just. They, they did the exact same thing. Yep. So do you want to, that's why you want to slow down the watering of those ones and get them to turn color. It's so important and you won't get some tip kill on them. Uh, so yeah, you can start slowing down the watering. Like, like you can even, if you look at your, your, if you have a timer, let's say, if you've got a timer, you can even, if you don't want to, just take, just slowly start doing it. There's actually a dial on there that says 100% and you could turn it down to 60%. You don't have to change your whole schedule if you want. Mm, just less so water. You can just do less water. So that 60% will just slow it down. Or you can go to every, if you're doing it every day, go to every second or third day rather than every day. So there's different ways you can change your timer without changing your whole program. Right, right. I okay. found that more so actually on my maple tree than my birch tree too. Though. If I kept my my watering on too long on my maple tree, the leaves didn't drop and I actually lost my maple yep. one time because it, I, it was watered too much into the fall. Especially so, if you got the red, especially if you got the red maples like Red Rocket or Autumn Blaze, those ones you yep. need to shut down. Yep. I was going to ask uh, you a question, Jill. I know this is kind of out of uh, left field here, but uh, we've got kind of just two minutes till we've got to go to our break here. But we're getting ready for sort of the end of the season, but that means kind of moving everything inside as well uh, or going yeah. inside. But, you know, any new trends coming out with, like, interior house plants this year? Anything kind of coming forward that's popping up that's a little different than years gone by? Well, we're seeing a lot of um, different things as far as people bringing plants indoors. But I think what has happened over COVID is people had a ton of plants they bought indoors and now people are streamlining it and choosing their favorites and um and then they're picking their favorites and figuring out what what worked in their areas we are seeing a lot of plants with different variegations and uh, we are also seeing um a lot of ferns coming indoors right now and mounting different plants on walls oh that's cool a, a really big trend too so figuring out how to Sort of do a, a, a collage on your walls, but then adding some plants into your walls as well, whether it's on a bookshelf or putting a shelf up, putting a plant on a wall, or hanging in a pot that hangs directly on a wall. We're seeing a lot of that in home decor right now. Yeah, okay, cool. What we should talk about too, Jill, is that people are starting to think about bringing their house plants in, indoors, right? And so mm-hmm. you may want to touch a little bit of that right now, and then we'll touch more about it after the break. Yeah, we got just a minute okay. to go here. So. Okay, awesome. So... When you're bringing your plants indoors, um, you want to make sure you get them before those nighttime temperatures are dropping below about 10 degrees or else you're going to have um, like some shock on your plant. So bring it indoors, but before you do that, you want to spray it down good um, with a product called Endol, and that has that pyrethrin in it. So you're going to spray it down once, wait 10 days, spray it again. And when you're spraying your plant, you want to spray down on the top of the plant, up to the bottom of the plant, almost to the point where the plant is dripping. If you're taking this plant inside, I'll sometimes maybe take it into a shower or a bathtub, and then wait 10 days and do that again. Do that before you introduce those plants to um, to your other house plants. Make sure you're sort of keeping them into their, in their quarantine area. 
And then just remember that these plants are changing environments. You're going to see some a little bit of leaf drop. Um, you're going to see your plant adapting to the new environment indoors. Um, so that's completely normal. You might get a little bit of yellowing on your leaves. You might get a little bit of leaf drop. So that is completely normal. And yeah, like you said, Jay, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit more maybe after the break. Sounds good. We're going to go to our break now. Hour number two is coming up. Here we go with our number two. Welcome to Garden Talk. I'm Jay with Rick, and Jill is joining us by phone as she is headed towards Regina, getting ready for that rider game. Okay, we've got a great uh, couple of texts coming up as well, uh, and we've got a call to get to right now, which is perfect because this takes us right from where we left off before the break, talking about bringing uh, plants inside. You know, stuff that's been growing on your garden, in your garden. Maybe it's on the deck, maybe it's on the patio, and you want to make it a house plant. So right now we're going to go over to Prince Albert and talk to Shay about a Boston fern. Hi there, Shay. Morning. 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 So I've had, this is my second Boston fern. My first one I brought in for the winter and I sprayed it with, I can't tell you what the brand is of insecticidal soap. It was two years ago. And then I sprayed it down in the shower really well to try and get rid of all the little bugs in there. Um, and it had a terrible winter. It had like one green frond left. I kind of babied it through and I put it out last summer and it had a great summer. It looked really healthy by the end of the year. So I brought it back in. I didn't do the insecticidal soap because my insecticidal soap I had said not to do ferns, but I still showered it and all those things. And it, I ended up having to throw it away. It was is dead, dead, dead. So I bought a new one this spring, and I would like to have better luck this year than last year. So I'm just wondering what I can do differently to try and get it through the winter. Well, one of the things with a with a fern or Boston fern, especially when you bring it indoors, fern, they actually like quite a bit of light. And a lot of people think that ferns like it more in the shade, um, but a Boston fern actually likes quite a bit of light. So making sure that you have adequate light. Um, and then the next thing is, is our homes are so dry in the winter time, so it's the humidity that usually gets at them too. So um, what I would do is I'd maybe ch- do what you did last time by just checking it out for bugs, making sure that you don't have an infestation. If you if you do spray it down with an insecticidal soap you can see some bugs on there, you can just uh, even use a Dawn dish soap or even just use Endol if you want. Um, and just do a, a spray on that one um, and then do that uh, for 10 days. Now, um, with that, it's, it's your watering consistency and then making sure you have humidity. So what I usually will do with my Boston fern is I'll make a pebble tray. So I'd make a little dish of water, put some pebbles on it, and fill that up with water and almost let that evaporate around your fern, underneath it or around it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's going to help with the humidity um, in the wintertime with our homes being so dry. And then the next thing is, is just making sure that you have a consistent watering routine with that one. So stick your finger into that pot. When it feels dry to the touch, give it some water. But you can't if you let your Boston fern go dry, like too dry, even once it's going to turn crispy on you. Um, the yeah. other thing that I do with that with the fern too, and I've seen my mom do this with her ferns when she brings them in, is is go hard with a vacuum cleaner on it and uh, get all those kind of dead dead leaves and and um, and fronds out from. From, from deep down in the fern, and that will also clean some of the debris and the bugs out too. So just kind of suck all those up with the vacuum cleaner, and that's, that's actually kind of a little quick quick trick that we have um, in our home to you know, clean up those, those ferns to make them look nicer. But fertilizing them, um, just use a short plant food when you're fertilizing them and put those drops in the water. Um, put them in a, in, a, in a bright light area, bright indirect light, and make sure you have those pebble trays for humidity, and you should be successful. 
Okay, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I'll give that a shot, and hopefully third time's the charm with this poor fern. And, and as soon as you notice a problem happening, then just make sure that, uh, that you have a garden center call. We can walk you through the steps of what might be causing that right away rather than waiting until it gets to a point where it's beyond return. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thanks very much, Shay, for the call today. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Great call from Shay there. Let's go in Saskatoon and talk to Ryan, who wants to talk know about planting some garlic. Hi there, Ryan. Uh, good, Brian. Uh, oh, Brian. Please. Sorry. Uh, nice to talk to you guys. Uh, yeah, I've never uh, never planted any before. My neighbor gave me some. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, way more flavorful than the stuff you buy in the store. I've got some twelve-inch uh, pots, fairly deep. I'm wondering. Uh, in a 12-inch pot, how many could I plant? And, like, I don't know anything about it. Do I plant the whole clove or, or what? And how deep do I plant it, you know? Yeah, so what you want to do is you, you want to plant them about the same as you would a crocus. So you're looking look about about three to four inches underneath the ground, okay? That's the, depth, okay. that's the depth you want to be. You can plant just the clove. It's not a problem. You don't have to plant the whole bulb. You can plant just the clove if you want. And... Um, but the only problem is you want to you want to put them into a pot, right? Like, yeah. why wouldn't you want to just plant them straight out in the garden? That'd be the best thing that I would do is I'd plant them straight out in the garden and then ha- then have them available for next summer. Okay, that's where they'll do the best for you because they do like to have that. They'll do better for you if you put them in the garden. They have that cold period where they'll start producing next summer for you way better. They'll have a better tasting uh, garlic and everything rather than growing them in a pot. Okay. No, I only have so much room. I couldn't put them in the pot, like in the fall, sort of thing. Or well, if you, you're going to have me indoors, though, right? You're going to you're going to have that pot indoors. That's what you're planning on doing. Is that correct? Well, uh, no, I was just going to plant them. No, they won't survive in the pot. They have to be in the ground. They will. Okay. If you plant them in a pot on top, in, in, above the ground, they will not survive. Is that right? Yeah, eh? They will not survive at all. They will just freeze up in there. They have to be in the ground where they have a good snow cover over top of them, and then oh. they'll be just fine. But if you put them in a pot, no, they they'll just rot in there. They won't. They won't. They won't survive at all. I see. And uh, any like any uh, tip? Like do you plant any way you plant the clove of garlic? It nope, doesn't matter just, which way it faces. Yeah, or? Just, actually, they'll turn around. But you just plant the clove in the ground, and they'll just pop up. And uh, it's not really that big of a deal how you plant them. I mean, a lot of times there's a you'll see the, if you'll see how they all go upright. You know, the, there's a bottom part of the big the big bulb, right? If you keep yeah. them facing the same way, that just helps them so they don't have to turn around when they when they come up. Okay, in the ground. So that's the okay, best way to do it. What time of year would you do this? In another, wait about another week or so, and then you can plant them in just the same time you can plant your tulips. So I'm just waiting for the, night, the nighttime temperatures to get a little bit cooler, okay? Because right now we're still above 10 degrees for the next week, it sounds looks like. As soon as yeah, we there's get, no danger of them coming up before... Uh, that, that's what I don't want to happen. I want them just to root, but that's it. So that's why I want to wait to the temperatures right now. We're still... Nighttime temperatures are still 10, 10 degrees plus. I want to wait till our nighttime temperatures are around 5 to 10 degrees. Then I can plant. Does, it need, does garlic need much sun or no? More sun, the better. Okay. Thank you very much, You're guys. welcome. You're welcome. Okay. Take care. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Let's go to our text line. This we're going to go back to this uh, this text about some grass stuff. Okay? okay, real quick. And this was: Should we throw grass seed on bald spots before it snows? So if you got a if you got a like a patch, yep. can you, you you can do it right now? 
Okay, still well, have time for them to germinate. We're, we're going to see and it'll germinate. We'll have grass. You have right? grass right now. If you do it right away, like like I like doing it from, if you're going to do it in the middle of August because it's usually cooler till now because the temperature is still pretty warm, you can still do it now or otherwise you wait till basically the end of October before the snow comes. You put it down and then it comes up first thing in the spring. Okay, perfect. So that was from uh, Greg in Regina. Uh, Norm has a text for us. How late can we plant apple or cherry trees and possibly lilacs? Right up until the ground's frozen. You can't put them in the Anywhere. We're not talking about transplanting, pulling them out, putting them somewhere else. We're talking about buying a new tree. Anytime. Anytime. Yep. Anytime Go ahead. So the ground freezes. Apple, cherry trees, lilacs. But you know what? It is a little bit better to get them in sooner, right? Because they're going to they're going to root more right if now. You can get them right now. There's there's deals at a lot of the garden centers right now. They have sales on, so you can get them now and put them in the ground. And they will root between now and the end of October. There you go. Are there arborists that work an hour and a half out of Saskatoon? Asks Norm. Yeah, a lot of them. They have. They'll try to get more than one. If you can get some neighbors together to have some 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 more jobs to do, you'll get them quicker. But yeah, a lot of them go around. We'll the, travel. Around, we'll travel. Okay. There's a whole so, bunch of them. The whole bunch around around Saskatoon, yep. Norm. That uh, that are excellent at what they do. So yeah, just to do a search for that, you'll you're, you're going to find them. We're going to get to text from JC. We're going to get a text from Ray in Saskatoon, Andrew in Regina. Who else in here? Holly in Regina, Mark in North Battleford, and many more. So stick around. More is to come. We're going to get to our calls as soon as they've come in in the area, in the, in the sorry, in the order they've come in. Uh, and we're going to hopefully get Dave on here and hopefully his phone battery is going to last long enough to make it through the call. So we'll go to that one first right now. And he's in Broadview. Hi there, Dave. How are you? Uh, good morning. How are you doing? Pretty good. Good. Uh, question for you. I call it uh, icicle cabbage, but I think the proper name for it is maybe winter kale, is it? It's, it's, not, a, it's not fruit bearing. It's just decorative. And it lasts well into a few frosts. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, there's like there's a kale that, that yeah, it's like it's like a kale, a cabbage. We have a kind of purpley and green, I, right? I put a bunch in some pots, but the but the uh, the grasshoppers came and demolished them on me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because they get really colorful and really nice yeah. into the early winter. Yeah, they do. They're perfect. Like, oh, okay. That's what we used to be even in our pots for. But like I said, the, the grasshoppers came and they decimated them. But and um, so it is. That's the proper name: winter kale. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, an or, ornamental kale. Ornamental kale, yeah. Call them. Ornamental and they kale. come in lots of different different colors. You can get them in yes. pinks and whites and purples. And you can even get um, ones that you can use as a cut flower. They actually will shoot up almost like the bolt little um, head right at the end. So you can cut them off and stick them into a vase with cut flowers, too. But um, a lot of people yeah. who, um, who maybe have had them and they had that caterpillar damage, you can actually go to the stores right now and buy them because they are a a frost-tolerant plant as well, too. Okay, so do, do your stores ha- carry them? Yeah, we definitely will be carrying them. You'll see them in garden centers all across Saskatchewan at this time of year. A lot of people like to plant them in fall planters and, and such for the for the fall season. And then you also have them as little planter starters in the spring as well. Well, you Correct. can start them yourself. Yeah, you can start them yourself as well. You can, you can get the seed from any of the, the seed stores and start them in yourself. You're probably going to start those again. Well, probably in March, I would say, is when you would start the kale. Okay. Ornamental kale. Well, yeah. we'll take a look. We'd like to get some down at the uh, end of the driveway for, for this uh, fall. Perfect. Thank you. All right. You're welcome, Dave. Take care. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Let's keep going. We've got uh, the text line to get to here, but the polls, the, the uh, calls always get to go first. And in Saskatoon, Paul is joining us. Hi there, Paul. Oh, good morning. How's everybody today in this smoky, smoky Sunday? Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Rick, I'm sure glad I took your advice and picked my apples and my red delicious uh, apples. Good. Uh, 
I got 86 of them. Ooh. Awesome. You know, if you wanted to drop them off one Sunday morning, you know, two no. or three here, we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't say no to that, Paul. Well, especially, well, they're if they're ma- especially if they're made into a pie already. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my, my daughter-in-law is making me a pie for tomorrow. Ooh, awesome. Right on. That's good. Jealous. Nice I'm jealous. Beautiful, beautiful apples. Yeah. Um, what what do I do now with my trees to get them ready for for the f- winter and yeah, the fall? Just slow down the watering on them. That's the big one right now, uh, unless they're dry to begin with. So just probe your soil, make sure that there's adequate moisture there. If there's adequate moisture there, you don't need yeah. to keep, you don't need to keep watering them as much. And yeah. uh, other than that, uh, wait until the leaves fall off, and then you can start doing some pruning if you want, pruning. just to, just to thin, you know, a bit. Yep. And uh, I don't like to pollard a tree, which is cutting the top off, unless you're going to keep pruning it during the summertime for when they fork off and make multiple branches, you know. Yep. Uh, then you have to prune during the summertime like they do in the orchards, you know. They don't just prune once a year in the orchards. They go on through and manicure the trees as they grow. And um, But otherwise, um, just cut off any suckers or you know once the one there might be a branch that keeps hitting you in the head every time you cut the grass you may want to trim one of those and that's about it okay can, can i get another quick one in oh here? yeah for sure for sure spaghetti squash um like i had a, a huge crop of spaghetti squash and now now the leaves are starting to go brown uh they're getting you know brown on the edges and whatever and i'm still getting spaghetti like babies coming out now yep um do i just Keep on watering them and let them go yeah. until... Just watch because brown spots are a lot of times from because you have water sitting on the leaves, okay? So if you can water the dirt, if you can, rather than over top of the leaves. Yeah. And then just because with this temperature being, you know, with 10 degrees plus at nighttime, you will still get more. But I mean, with the leaves turn all brown, then of course that will stop the growth of your spaghetti squash. Yeah, I've had a lot of rain here, so it's been sitting on here, you know, overnight and whatever, yep. and that because I groundwater everything, I, yep. nothing's on on the top of the leaves. I was just uh, yep. so, just, just let them go because I've got flowers, <laughs> lots of flowers just, still. Just let them go, and that's not a problem unless you unless you want some of those babies to uh, that are there left there to to start finishing up. Then you can pick pick the flowers off for some of the really baby ones so that all the energy just goes because you got less leaves all the energy goes to finish off the ones that are medium size okay okay perfect well you guys have a wonderful weekend you too, you too. yeah enjoy the long weekend take care paul thanks bye. 1-877-332-8255 okay we're gonna go to our next caller here who has just showed up and he's in saskatoon and bill's here to join us hi there bill hi um uh, my my question is um my front lawn is starting to slope the wrong way towards the house. Can I correct that slope by putting uh, topsoil on top of existing grass to get the slope going the other way? Yes, you can. Uh, the only thing that will happen is if you put it too deep, the grass won't come through for a long time. So you have to reseed over top of there or putting a turf over top. But you, okay, so but, it, but you definitely can, can get that slope going up and just put it right over top of the sod. Not a problem. What seems to work the best that I've seen, Bill, I've seen my, my father-in-law do this, is just a, a light dust, not even a light dusting, a little bit more than that. You can just barely make out the tips of the grass and when he when he sprinkles that that uh, topsoil. Let's the grass kind of come up through it. Yep. In, in, a, in a matter of a couple of weeks, it looks like there's not even topsoil there anymore. And then you can put another layer. And then another layer. And you just kind of keep oh, building yeah. on it. It's oh. sort of a little bit of a longer process, yep. but then you don't have to reseed and you don't have to resod or anything like that. The only problem when you get into this time of the season, yes. if you need to get the drainage set up for the spring, you don't have any water going into your basement, then you're best to put the soil up whatever depth you need to do and go a little bit higher than you would normally want to go because it's going to settle. 
it's going to settle 10% at least, okay? And so, right. so go up higher than you want, let it set, you know, put the seed in, it'll settle down to the height you, you, you're going to be finished off at, and then put your seed on so that in the spring, you know, you can do that right now so that in the spring you don't have the water going into your basement. So I guess it's a question of how, how fast does this yeah. have to be done? Yes, that, that's <laughs> this, the question. If you do, this, this year, or can it be done in yeah, stages next year? If you do it in stages, yeah. you can go slowly, but if you have to stop the water from going into the house, then do it all right away. Yeah, that, that's what I'm going to have to do. That yeah. really helps. Thanks okay. very much. Yep. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. 1-877-332-8255. Okay, we're going to go to our text line. Finally getting over here. JC's from La- uh, Lasadina. Lasadina? Lacadina? I've never even heard of that, but sure. Let's go with that. Uh, our two young mountain ash trees have branches dying and have black bumps with a white center all over them. One tree died. The other one has some berries on it with live branches, but now... Some of it's dying off too. When the branches die off, the ends turn black and white. Yep. It sounds like you might have fire blight. Okay. In a a mountain ash? Mountain ash can get fire blights, flowering crabs, apple trees, and contoliaster. Those in the main plants can get fire blight. Mm, Okay. It sounds like, and if it's into the main trunk, there's not much you're going to be able to do. If it's just one branch, you can trim that branch off. Okay. And then you can sterilize your pruners before you you do any more trimming. And uh, then you can get that branch out of the yard completely. Don't compost it. Don't do anything. Get it in the is, garbage. Is there anything you can spray for? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. All you have to do is prune it out. Okay. So try to keep that last tree, uh, tree JC, and, yeah. and get the, the old one that's dead. Get it out of there, right? Yeah. Like Get it out of there. If it's dead, get it out of there because that's just the way insects are just going to spread the disease around, okay, yeah. from there. From from other your other trees of yours, other yep. neighbors' trees, yep. and you just don't want to be the... Yep. The bearer of all that bad news. Exactly. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Ray in Saskatoon says, "Good morning. We'd like to do some work on our flower bed. We want to move some lilies. Is it too early?" If you move the lilies, no, you can because they're they're all basically the stems are done, right? The all your hybrid lilies that you'll see the the stems are all brown. They're not even green anymore. You can dig them up and transplant them. Um, not a problem. You can do that anytime now. Mm, okay. All right. Uh, good morning. We'd like to. Uh, sorry, that's the same one there. I. This is a, nobody sent, uh, sorry, a name with this one, but I tried to root out a branch of an apple tree to transplant. If it got roots, when is the best time to plant it? Okay, if it got roots, that's amazing. <laughs> it got roots on from, from a branch. Uh, transplant it anytime you want. I mean, uh, the only problem is that it won't, the, the apple tree won't be grafted onto a hardy rootstock, okay? Mm. So being on its own root, it probably will not survive the wintertime. You can try it. There's always a chance. Just just like Paul, he has a BC delicious apple, which should not be growing which, here. Yes, by all right? means, by shouldn't all grow means here. Grow here. So you can try it, make sure it's a sheltered area, if it roots, and then it might be okay. But most apple trees for the prairies are grafted onto a, a prunus baccarai, which is a which is a basically a crab apple type of a, tr- a tree, like a wild crab. Yeah. And because it's hardy for our prairies. There you go. We're going to take a quick break right now. We've got a news update for everyone. Uh, we'll get back to Sheila's call and a couple others when we get back. Stick around lots more to come thanks for joining us on garden talk it is a smoky day unfortunately around the province and uh one of the worst so far we've experienced possibly worse yet to come tomorrow tomorrow according to the smokeforecast.ca map uh so uh, okay just uh, take All it coming easy from way up in the alberta yeah, the Northwest Terry Yukon border type thing. That's right. Yeah, yeah it's and it's just that those northwest winds, yep, typical of our 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 province, are bringing it down here. Yep. So, stay safe out there. Uh, we've got some calls and some texts, of course. So, first one, I think who's called in the first is Sheila, who's in Saskatoon. We're going to go to her call right now. Hi there, Sheila. 
Hi. What's your question for us? Aphids. I have a problem with aphids for the past two years in the Virginia creepers, and I've tried with the sprays and hosing them, uh, the, the eggs, and actually bringing in uh, ladybugs. Yep. Um, what can we do to prevent them from coming? Yeah, the biggest one is that is in the spring. As soon as the leaves start showing up, spraying and get rid of those, getting rid of those first generations okay yeah because once you got the multiple generations it only takes like two or three weeks in the spring then you're going to have them bad all summer okay so getting rid of those first generations and then introducing your ladybugs as soon as they're available and even things like the praying mantis okay and the praying mantis eat a whack of aphids as well and and even other things like leaf hoppers and those kind of things bring mantis eat as well. So what does Sheila spray for in the first thing in the spring? For the first thing in the spring, I would I would tend to use like your your endol, your insecticidal soap with a bit of pyrethrin in it, or you know actually using a like a, a, a bug X out pyrethrin on it, and then getting them right away. Like you got to scout right away because if you, you don't see them right away because they're small, yeah. but they're there. And they're born pregnant, and they started giving birth to to, uh, pregnant aphids right away. So it it takes literally a couple weeks, and you've got 10 generations. So so, uh, do you know, Sheila, when when you actually started spraying this year? As early as possible, I did. Yeah. Yeah, that's... You know, we were away for the month of basically May and beginning of June, so you might have missed it. You you would have, that that's when they would have been started because they would have started budding out already in May. Yeah, and the, as soon as the leaves start pop, popping out, uh, that's when the 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 eggs hatch because they lay the eggs in the fall, right? Yeah. So right now you want to make sure you you get them good right now as well. Uh, the only bad deal about right now is that you put a whole bunch of ladybugs in there. So if you, whatever you're going to spray is going to hurt the ladybugs. No, right? I don't think the ladybugs are there. Like I, I literally, I think I ordered a um, hundred of them and. Yep. You know, they they went they went away. Just make sure you when you keep keep some water around, okay? Yeah. Because ladybugs will stay around if they got they got food and they got water, they'll mm-hmm. stay. But if it's dry around there, they'll go to where there's some water as well, okay? Okay. So put some dishes of water out where the ladybugs can get some water, okay. and uh, and then also yeah, and then they'll stick around. That's the big one. In the greenhouse, we do that. We just spray some water on the floor and on the benches. Okay. And then that way the ladybugs stick around because they got moisture right away. Because once they, once they come, once you buy them, they're kind of comatose, they're kind of dormant. Yeah. And when they wake up, they, they're thirsty. So I guess this next coming up spring, Sheila, are you guys gone again for May? No plans. So. No plans. <laughs> so maybe that's going to be the trick is don't, don't, don't get discouraged yet. Give it another try yep. of hitting it as soon as the leaves are budding out. You're on top of it with, yep. with yep. bug X out or, yep. or end all and, and, and just keep once, going. Once you, once you spray once and you're going to introduce the, the, the predators, then you don't need to, you don't need to have uh, the spray anymore because you'll get rid okay. of your predators and try both the ladybugs and the praying mantis. Okay. If you're doing both, I'm sure you'll keep on top of it. Okay. I'll put that down. Okay. One more question regarding the cedars. They they seem very kind of rusty this year. Is that normal or what? No, the normal. The problem is that the drought. The spider mites are just big time when it's hot like this. Okay. And so we're going to keep on top of the spider mites, and the spider mites work from the inside up and out. Okay. So just blasting with cold water keeps them at bay just by itself, or otherwise you can use uh, malathion on them as well. Okay. okay. Perfect. Okay. Thanks, All right, good luck. You bet. Take care. Bye. one 8255 We're going to get another text, or sorry, another call in here before we go to our break. Doreen is in the call, and she's in Saskatoon. Hi, Doreen. Hi. So you've got tomatoes with an issue. Yes. 
the bottoms are turning rotten. Yeah, it's called blossom end rot. And blossom end rot is from, number one, is from inconsistent watering. Wet, dry, wet, dry. And this year it was almost impossible with the way how hot it was to keep them consistently moist, okay? And okay. also and also, what helps you to prevent that is making sure that you're using a fertilizer, like a, an organic fertilizer that has calcium in it, okay? Even planting them with some bone meal when you put, first put them in the ground helps a lot. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I but see. then but then using a fertilizer like an organic fertilizer because there's lower numbers you don't want high first numbers you don't want, you don't want high nitrogen you don't want to use your you don't want to use twenty 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 on 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 tomatoes okay you want to lose low first number but it has all the micronutrients and especially calcium but honestly if if you can just keep that moisture at a consistent not going wet dry wet dry you won't get blossom in right and that starts right from just after flowering time that's when you have that come in and then you'll notice it when the fruit's bigger okay Doreen, do you have your tomatoes in the ground or in a pot no, they're in the ground. They're in the ground. Okay, yep. that usually helps the situation a little bit. But yeah, it helps the situation. Yeah. Bit. Well, this is this is the. First, I mean, I've been planting tomatoes for years, and this is the first year I've encountered this. Yeah, that's just because the heat, because the drought. It was just so hot this summer. It was really hard to keep them a consistent moisture, but but also make sure because you're in the ground. Put those put those organic. Uh, get the organic vegetable fertilizers and with calcium in it. Uh, so you can up the nutrient levels and build up the immunity of of the tomato plant, so that it can you know combat that uh, that uh, blossom end rot. I see. Okay, thank you very much. You're, you're, welcome. you're welcome. Take care. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We've got uh, time to go to a text here. This is a good one. Andrew in Regina says. I have a large old Manitoba maple in my backyard. Yep. When landscaping our backyard this summer, I built a ring around the trunk with a circular patio block. The uh, the border of blocks just goes up about a foot and a half feet tall. Uh, the bottom half of it is filled with soil for fill, and the top half is filled with red mulch. I've heard from others since that this may be a bad idea yes. as it can harm the tree. Yes, it can. If it's a bad idea, is there any product other than soil or mulch to fill up this area that wouldn't harm the tree? Uh, if not, would it be okay to leave the border up with nothing filling it, or nothing. would it just would nothing. it be yes, yeah, best best to take it down for the health of the tree? Nothing, because it'll just rot the bark up against the tree. Okay, so you're better off just leave air. Better off to leave air. <laughs> leave air. What about what about like rubber mulch? No, nope. no, nope. because it'll still hold moisture. Still hold moisture. The, okay. there and rot the bark, and if you rot the bark, you'll kill the tree. Yeah, and if this is a big old beautiful tree, Andrew, and yep. you don't want it to disappear, nope. we suggest pulling that stuff out as yep. soon as possible. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you don't want you don't want to, the bark to rot underneath there, and it will. Yeah, if you put soil up against yep. the bark, right? Yep. That's the problem, or anything. Yep. So. Yeah, you want to leave that area open and clear. Okay. All right. So okay. that's a simple answer, Andrew. Thanks for the the text there, but uh, yeah, do do what you got to do to save your tree there. Uh, let's see. What's the next one? Holly in Regina. Oh, no text atta- attached to that. Sorry about that. Uh, this is from Greg in Wawota. Sorry, my first text didn't make sense. <laughs> Uh, he says, uh, took a couple of evergreens home uh, off the front lawn, leveled and planted grass seed. Grass is growing awesome, except for the two places where the trees were. Curious, curious if there could be a pH problem, what to do to fix it. Yeah, it could be. A, with If the spruce trees were there, you could be at a lower pH, so you might have to put some lime in the, that area. Okay. Okay, and then put some lime in that area, and then that'll change the, new, the, the pH of the soil, and your grass will grow fine. 
Okay. Mark in North Battleford, I'm just wondering if, if I want to prune an ornamental crab tree, if I cut all the producing branches off, will it still flower next year or year, or is that going to kill it? No, you can do that. You can prune. Yeah, you can do a lot of pruning on ornamental crab, and it'll still bloom next year. Okay, that's easy. Perfect. Yep. Uh, we already talked about rooting an apple tree, a branch, somebody yep. who managed to do that, which is, which is pretty cool. Yep. Just may not, may not survive the winter. That's it may and it may not. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Uh, Kate said that, uh, she, we talked about a point set last time about how to get it to, uh, Change color again, change color. right? Which is at twelve hours of yep. darkness, twelve hours of light, exactly. And um, total darkness. Total darkness. Okay? Yeah. No, no little light on coming on or anything. That has to be total darkness. And she says, "I forgot to ask about fertilizing and watering. When can I pull it out of my tent? Late November." So, yeah, even earlier than that. Once, once the bracts start turning color. Okay, as soon as it starts to trigger, then yeah, you're then, good to go. Then you're good to go. Okay, yep. but uh, in terms of fertilizing and watering for that poinsettia. Oh, fertilizing and watering, just um, yeah, right, right through. You know, right up until you can, once your bracts have, and your flowers are formed, then you can slow down the fertilizing. Okay, perfect. All right, we're going to go to a quick break right now. More to come. We've got our lightning round coming up, about uh, maybe six or eight texts to get through here. So we're going to get those answered as soon as we get back. Jill, I think, is getting her way to uh, Regina, and uh, she's probably she's probably went to the valley. She's we, that. we lost her. We lost her. That's okay. <laughs> Have a great trip. Uh, Have a great go, riders. Cheer, go. cheer loud. Exactly. Make sure that those Winnipeg Blue Bombers can't hear the signals. <laughs> <laughs> I think with a solo game, that'll be the case. Uh, lawns. This is from Julian Battleford. Lawn, a very sandy soil, full sun, and grass is not very thick. We want to put some more seed down. What type of grass seed should we use? Yeah. If we seed now, is there time for that seed to grow before winter? Yeah, if you do right away. Yes. Okay. So yes. Okay. So she says we can water. We don't want to seed on the ground over winter. Too many vermin enjoy that feast. So that's okay. a, that is a good point, Julie. Yep. But yes, you can get it done now. But what kind of grass seed are we looking if at for Julie? If you water, just use Canada Number One mix. That's fine. If okay. you don't have water, then you got to use more of a dryland mix. There is also. Okay. I know we talk about Groundkeeper fertilizer. Groundkeeper yep. has a drought type of grass seed, seed yes as well okay yeah. which is kind of what you're looking for in a hot place in a hot place uh that but if you have water that's not not as necessary right. if she's if you have irrigation right yeah. if you can water it so so it's not a problem but if you're not if you're hand watering and there's gonna be times when you're gonna be away and everything else then you might want to put a little bit of that drought uh, type of fertilizer uh, grass seed in there here's an interesting one yvonne is in saskatoon i planted a clover lawn yep yeah, you've seen that more and more. It's about four to five inches tall. What do you do to maintain it from year to year? And do I mow it in the fall? I've got many leaves in the fall. And how do I rake the yep. leaves off before it's difficult it, to it rake? It stays pretty low anyways. So you don't have to mow it like you down like you would grass, okay? Like you can just keep keep it so that it's it's still about an you know, inch to inch and a half, inch and a half long for the wintertime. And... Um, but other than that, yeah, just treat it like you would a lawn. And uh, but a lot of people are using clover because it uses less moisture. It attracts pollinators like crazy. Wow. So you know, um, uh, so yeah, there's there's lots you can do that that way. They still need a good soil base to put it on. I think they said it has sandy soil. Is that right? Yeah, sandy soil. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to need to keep the moisture to it. That's the only thing is, is uh, to get it established. Once it's established, it'll put roots down deeper, and then it'll be okay. Okay, it'll get the subsoil moisture. But to get it there, you need to have irrigation to get it started. Okay. Rose is in Saskatoon. Hi there. I have what appears to be white mildew on my Virginia creeper. Some even appear to be brown and mottled. I sprayed, I did spray last week for leaf hoppers and aphids. What type of plant was it again, sorry? It was a Virginia creeper. Virginia creeper, yeah. So 
if you've got mildew on it, uh, that's where you have to watch that your sprinklers aren't hitting at nighttime. Okay, that's the key for that one. Just make sure you're watering uh, on the ground, or otherwise, if you have to spray over top, make sure it's happening in the morning so the sun can dry it off. That's the key. The leaf hoppers, uh, you just got to keep on top of that. But putting the predatories in there, that's the best way. The praying mantis and the ladybugs and that kind of stuff are the ones that will take care of most of that. Okay, so, but but that that mold and mildew is coming just from moisture? It's moisture on the leaves, especially so at night. spray times. what? So what you can do is use, you can use a, a solution of uh, 40% um, milk and 60% water. Okay. The protein in the milk will take care of it, or you can get a garden sulfur. A garden sulfur. It's, it's a garden sulfur, and that'll take care of it right away. Sharon's Nest Man at the text line. Hello, when's the right time to move raspberries? Might have all their leaves, which are totally green. Yeah, just a little bit early yet. Wait for, wait for a frost to hit it first. Okay. Okay. Because the leaves first. won't turn. The leaves won't turn color that quick. They'll, but you'll see when the frost hits them, they'll kind of get a dark green and droop down, and then you can move them. My sister in Saskatoon wants to know how, how, sorry, wants to know when to bring in her calla lilies that have been planted in the ground in pots. Yeah, so just wait until the temperatures cool off, okay? You, you can even get a light frost on the tops, but don't let the bulb get frozen, okay? So then you can bring them in, and then, uh, uh, and the, but if the bulbs get frost on them, then that's not good. But you can let a light frost hit the tops. And then that'll make all the energy go back into the bulb. If not, you wanna if you don't want to wait for that long, then you need to pull them out and you need to hang them so all and leave the tops on them until all the tops dry up and let all the energy go back in the bulb. And then you can cut the top off and then store them for wintertime. Our lilies were destroyed by red beetles this year. This yes. is Rita in Saskatoon. We use diatomaceous earth and pick them off the leaves as well. Yes. Is there anything we can do with the fall so we don't have such a problem next year? Yeah, put some more diatomaceous earth around the ground because the beetles have gone into the ground. And then you want to have some diatomaceous earth in the ground so that when they come up or move around in the soil next spring... Uh, and so you do some now because they're going into the ground and then do it again in the spring when they're coming out of the ground. That'll cut them up before they yep. crawl up the yep. li- lilies, right? Yep. Yeah. And okay. then scout for the scout for those eggs constantly um, in the spring because they'll be on the backside of the leaf, which is hard to spray. And it's hard to get the diatomaceous earth to stay on the backside of the leaves, right? Because you got almost got to mist your leaves first to be able to get it to stick to the leaf. And But if you see those little rows of orange eggs, just... Take your fingernail and scrape them off and, and catch them in a, on a piece of paper or, or in a bucket, pa- or, bucket or something like that yeah. and get rid of them. This is from Ray in Saskatoon. I picked my big tomatoes green. Will they still get blossom end rot? I also soaked them in salt water for just a few hours. Just the big tomatoes are getting yep. end rot, not the three kinds of small tomatoes yep. in the same the, garden. They still can get, because a lot of that tomato the blossom end rot develops right from at, just after bloom time, okay? Right. So uh, you may not have it now, but you may get it. So just make sure that when you're when you're laying your tomatoes out to, to ripen on, on the newsprint or some paper or something like that, don't have the tomatoes touching each other. Mm, okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. Sounds good. Can we still prune a linden tree? Nikki wants to know from Martinsville. Yes. You can prune linden trees. It'll be fine now. They're dormant. They've set their buds for next year, and you can prune them right through uh, until the end of middle of November. And then you can also prune them again in March and the um, first week of April. Okay, we got one minute to go here. Gary in Swift Current says this is the first time him and his wife have grown a big garden. He's got pumpkins. Uh, we have large pumpkin patch, 20 to 30. Some of them are oranging up already. When should they be harvested? Usually harvested when they're most of them are mostly orange. You can start harvesting them and using them or leave them out there as long as you can. And because uh, on the vine is better, but you, you got to watch. Uh, you harvest them once you get the first little slight bit of frost, the leaves will turn black.
Mm-hmm. And then you can get them right then for sure. Okay. Okay. We've got a couple more texts to get to. We're going to answer those off the air because we just are running out of time. But otherwise, we've got to say, keep the water going just yet. You can start to slow down a little bit on the lawn. We talked about that. Uh, we're not, we're not done yet. We've got still some hot temperatures and some nice stuff coming up five o'clock tonight. If you've got some of those big trees around, even the boulevards and that, 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 that are stressed, give them a good soaking. Even if it's across in the middle of boulevard or whatever is, you know, not on your property, help them out. Give them some water. Exactly. Go Riders, go. Five o'clock tonight. It's, yep. uh, it's a big rider game in Regina, so yes. enjoy that. Thanks for this. We'll see you next time, same place, here on Garden Talk. I'm Jay with Rick Van Dyke. This has been Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.